0: All right. Hey guys. Um, so I'm gonna talk first. Um uh, my two so my ad tech tool that I did was Flipgrid, and then the framework that I kind of paired it with was the triple E framework. Um, so let's talk about Flipgrid for a minute. Um, you guys have used Flipgrid, super fun. Um, but it's a little complicated when you don't have like the best instruction about it. Um that's just (laughs) that's true. It's so true. Um you guys have seen the teacher, I mean, the student side of it. So let's look at kind of the teacher side real quick. So this is when you pull up your account. So look, I'm logged in in the corner. That's me. Um, so this is what it pulls up first. So you have a few tabs. You have my activity, my grids, some mixtapes, some grid pals. Those are people that you can like share um, your grids with. So it's like your friends. Just um, go library. I haven't looked too much into that. It looks kind of scary. And then shorts um so it automatically just takes you to the my grids page um it lets you look at your classes that you have um i just put e211 just for the sake of this video um but yeah you can add as many grids as you want and just you click add new grid um it lets you create the name of your grid um the type of the way so the way that you want to share it with your students so you can have it be where they sign in with the school email um they have a student id Or you can just make it public to everybody and then just share your own little Flipgrid number or code, whatever one you want to call it, right here. (laughs) Flipgrid also works really great. So let's say I wanted to share my ED211 class with everybody. All they need is this QR code. It's like the simplest as far as sharing goes. That's really
1: nice. When we did it in our presentation, I noticed you used a QR code. Did you not? I did,
0: uh, yeah, for our group presentation, I did use QR code, just because that's the easiest way. People um, can use whatever camera or whatever, and it'll take you straight to it. And it won't take you to just a Flipgrid page, it'll take you to that exact Flipgrid community or uh, um, like, like the Flipgrid sign in or whatever, and then you have to try and find it. It goes straight to that page, which is super helpful. Um, I really like it. (laughs) I like when my teachers do Flipgrid like that because it just goes straight to the assignment and I don't have to go and jump through loopholes anywhere. So that was, that. that is just really great. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So the cost for teachers, um, there isn't one. So Flipgrid is completely free, which is great. Um, I think, but that's also why it's not the greatest tool. Um, I think they could update a few things um, because it's not very it's not useful for all students. So I think that like the appropriate age level for it is you have to be comfortable with technology. So it would have to be at least middle school and onward. So for elementary school kids, it's kind of not relevant. Um, They would have to have a lot of work and help to be able to start, to talk in that certain amount of time, to be able to reply to other people's videos, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I don't know, by the time that we're all teaching and everybody's so tech savvy, they might be geniuses at it. But as of right now, knowing the level of our world right now, I think that'd be really difficult for elementary students to get the most out of it. I think that schools get a lot.
1: That's true. Would you say that if you did like a training for elementary school, say like third grade, they'd get it? Or would you say even then it'd be too hard?
0: right i think third grade might be pushing it but definitely fourth and fifth grade um yeah if you walk them through it and you have the correct instruction and you show them examples and you model it i think they would be able to get it but you would have to do it in the classroom because i think parents would be also confused about it or their role models or whoever they have at home their guardians so it would just be complicated like i feel like middle schoolers could remember the steps and they could be able to do it by themselves and on their own. And by that age, in like 7th or 8th grade, students are starting to get their own technology. They don't have to borrow parents' technology. So at home, it's a lot easier for older kids to be able to do that because they have the tools accessible to them. Because elementary school students, they'd have to borrow parents' technology. They would need parents' help all the way. So it's definitely not the best for younger for elementary age students, especially early elementary, it's there. I think there would just be no way. But that's just me. Mm-hmm. me Remind mom, me
1: again, but... like what you turn in into Flipgrid? You haven't quite mentioned that yet.
0: What I turn into Flipgrid? Like what
1: you create when you use Flipgrid?
0: All oh, right, right. So <laughs> I was like, what? So with Flipgrid, you create little videos. Um. I don't have any videos on here, so I can't really show you. But so when you go to the My Activity slide, so up here, go to My Activity, it'll show you that I have one grid launched, one topic created, and total videos. So as the teacher perspective, I would have been able to click on this. um, I would have been able to watch all of my students' videos to responses to a question that I could have asked, um, discussion boards that could have been posted, um like for example when we did our um our discussion board about the frameworks um in this class read to 11 we each posted our information our like two short minute information about um whatever edtech tool and framework that we were talking about and then we responded to other people with short videos like hey that was a great job i have a question for you so it's just a discussion board but in the video format okay. um
1: So basically, it replaces discussion boards.
0: Yes. And students, I think it's a great tool for middle schoolers. I would use it for middle school just because that's, I think, when they could get the most out of it. And they don't want to write. They don't want to type out a long explanation of why they think that they seem to do better when they get to explain themselves with their voice. And so especially that age group. And then once you get into high school, some kids become a little shy, and they're like, I don't want to video myself. They they aren't into that. So I think the best would be middle school for that reason, because it does take away that writing aspect of discussion boards, but they're able to, like, explain themselves further, and they don't have to worry about spelling errors, which is great, because that was my biggest worry as a middle schooler. I don't know about you, but I was like, I can't <laughs>
1: <laughs> my words. I understand that completely random questions so can they edit the videos before they turn them in or is it like a live you know stream
0: so it depends on how long so that's another thing that the teacher can do is they can set a time limit for each video so you could have like a whole like I think the biggest time limit is an hour so you could have each student like turn in an hour where they read out their project to you or something like that Um, I wouldn't recommend doing that because then you're watching endless hours of material that you don't really need to watch. Um, No, so it depends on how long the video is. If it's under two minutes, then you can't edit it because they figure you can just do it again. They're like, it's just two minutes. You can just do it again (laughs) because I only know this because in my other classes, I've also used Flipgrid for different discussions and projects and lessons that we've had to do. And I've only seen the edit button once you hit 30 minutes. So I had to do a Flipgrid lesson where I performed my lesson and then people would watch it and then comment on it for a class. And I only saw an edit button on that particular grid, on that particular assignment. I never saw it on other discussion boards. So which makes me think that you can only edit if it's a longer video, which Hmm. is
1: insane to me, but... (laughs)
0: that's just what it made me think,
1: like, yeah, it makes you not want to, like, mess up at all, it's kind of, you movement.
0: have to, like, be perfect, and it's intimidating,
1: <laughs> it definitely
0: is, and it's really hard, um, I don't think that it adapts very well to, um, English language learners or special education, because they, you have to be very technology independent with using Flipgrid, I feel like, if they had the help that they needed then it would be great but a lot of kids have trouble especially with special education and english language learners you can usually see and kind of understand a word more than you can speak it at first mm-hmm. when you're learning english so i feel like writing for them and reading materials is easier than speaking i could be completely wrong that's just what no, i you're would absolutely
1: right them. learning a new language it's easier to read and maybe even write than to speak it because speaking there's a whole bunch of um it's very you're very self-conscious when you you try to speak because you're like you know you're messing up and you know you're pronouncing Mm -hmm. things wrong yeah so I can totally see how like this would not be helpful
0: right so for them I feel like they would really struggle so it's not a great tool for them (laughs) at all especially with special ed too I think that they would get too confused and too distracted because Flickr is super fun um, to look at. It's like visually, it's pretty appealing. I mean, you have all these like emojis everywhere and bright colors and fun little animations and stuff throughout the entire website. And I mean, this is just the teacher side. The student side is really colorful and bright too, but Mm -hmm. just, it can be very distracting for students too. So I just don't think it's that adaptable to certain students, which is very unfortunate. Um,
1: And this
0: is what my rating scale is, one being I wouldn't use it in my future classroom, ten being I need to sign up right now and become an expert. So I mean, for me especially, if I was teaching middle school, then I would definitely be around a six or a seven. But I think that for me being an elementary ed major, I would put it at a two. I wouldn't use this in my classroom because it only works for a specific, more adaptable in different ways um, than I would consider it. But I just think that, that it's like focused in. That's a very small focus group. No, that you makes. Totally, I think it would only totally work fun. for certain things. And so i I wouldn't even bother looking at it again. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. As sad as that is, however, when I was looking at how it fit into the Triple E framework, it fits pretty well. But it's only for that group of kids again. So I personally wouldn't use it, but it does flip into the triple. It does into the Triple E framework because if you guys remember, it's like a circle, so they each bounce off of each other. You have the three E's: the engage, the enhance, and the extend, and it definitely engage the students. I mean you're talking face to face, Um, you have to respond to each other, you're actually seeing each other's facial expressions and emotions, um, which is way different than just typing back to each other. Um, You're enhancing their technology level, like (laughs) they have to learn how to do certain things with this technology, so they're definitely learning more that way. And I think that it is a good use to extend it for especially again, with that specific group of people, but for them to do it outside of school or to do it as, like, a homework assignment, um, Mm -hmm. to extend it into, like, for them to use it in their lives, um, but it would only work for that specific group of people. Right. So it fits the framework, but only for that group, which is why I would rate it at a two, which sucks, but that's that's what I've got. (laughs) Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha.
1: Well, I'm out of questions for you. So let's move on to Mike, sound good? I'm ready. So I have Nearpod and I'm going to share my screen because I can. Here we go. So essentially if I had to put Nearpod in uh, just a few words, it's an interactive PowerPoint presentation. Just put it that way. It's very interactive, it's very, um, it, it, it doesn't. It does more than just replacing learning, but it uh, it enhances learning quite a bit. It transforms learning. That's a better way to put it. Um, so I just pulled up an assignment that I had to do for one of my classes for Ed to 11, this class actually, and you can see there's a whole bunch of different things you can do. Um, there's a slideshow option, so you see a whole bunch of I don't want to move it. Um, it's actually a set of pictures. You can do open-ended questions. You can create PowerPoint presentation ideas um there's games So this is called matching pairs where it's basically a matching game you go in and you do all the game you, you match it um, there's a collaborate option which um is kind of like putting sticky notes on a whiteboard but virtually so i mean in that right. sense it re- that replaces the whole idea of physical sticky sticky notes it's cheaper too which is nice than using a whole we thing. love cheaper <laughs> And they have this feature called a draw it feature, so, for example, this, I'll just pull up the assignment for this one, if it will go, um, excuse my slow computer here.
0: It's loading, (laughs)
1: it's thinking really (laughs) hard. Um, essentially, they were given a worksheet, and instead of having them do a physical worksheet, they're doing a virtual worksheet, so. (gasps) Cheaper! Cheaper! Yeah, so there's no paper usage, which is nice. So then they would actually have to draw the things and their names and they can, I think there's a, there's a drawing feature and I think there's like a text box feature. So it's really, really nice for them as well. They don't have to just the to draw. Um, so there's a whole bunch of different features. There's other things that you can put your students through like a virtual here. I'll just add a slide while we're sitting here. Just show you some of the options. So they do have, um, you can add videos, you can do audio, displays, you can do BBC, you can put, do, take your kids on like a virtual field trip, you can do a live Twitter stream, that well, I don't know exactly what that is, but it's kind of cool. They updated their stuff. Um, so different types of quizzes and things, polls, fill in the blank, memory test, flip grid, which you just talked about, you can put a hey. flip grid. <laughs> url basically and they go back and forth between nearpod and flipgrid which Which
0: you did for
1: our presentation which was awesome and if we had gotten the nearpod to work exactly the way it was supposed to it would have been even better but so yeah (laughs) there's a you have lots of different options with this um so that is that is nearpod if somebody had to explain this to me without showing me nearpod i would be completely lost so right here i am showing you nearpod um so I'm going to stop showing my screen.
0: So does it, I know I keep saying like cheaper. Does it cost anything? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good question. So it does have a free version of it, um, which is what I use because Heck yeah. it's cheaper. College kid. Um, <laughs> so I looked it up. So they do have a couple different options. So they have a gold. So they have a gold and a platinum. So the gold is 10 bucks a month, which is not actually, if you think about it, it's not too bad. I was looking at something this week that PlayPosit, if you want to upgrade, it's $12 right. a month, but you have to pay it in one chunk, it looks like, so that's like yeah. $144 a once. Um, but this is $120. Are you can use all
0: of your lessons on Nearpod. Like, if you did everything on Nearpod, it'd be totally worth it.
1: It would, because when you update... Okay, yeah. So when you update Nearpod, it gives you more space. You only have limited space on Nearpod, so then you have to go through and you have to yes. delete stuff, or you have to somehow create another account, and that's just kind of frustrating. That so frustrating. when you upgrade, you get the option of actually adding more students into your classroom, into your, into your Nearpod class area. You um, have more time, you have more space, not just the amount of of Nearpod creations but even like the size of the presentations goes up because you're limited on the size in the free version um yeah so and then they've got a couple other options i didn't really understand all the options because honestly a lot of the things you need are just in the free version there's not a real need right. to expand unless you just have like, to pay if you need more space pretty much. basically yeah, so they have the gold, which is $120 a year, and then the platinum is $349 a year. So, I mean, it can get a little on the expensive side, right. um, but I, they probably do deals for schools, I would imagine, because why not? Why not? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, and along with cost, so when you're creating these lessons, they can be kind of time-consuming. I mean, you have to think about the different activities, and then you can add audio to the slides. And so um, they do have the option of free lessons you can download, um, or they have lessons you can pay for and download those. So people have created lessons or Nearpub themselves have created lessons and then you buy and sell from them. Um, But those can get kind of expensive. And the other thing is, is when you download them, you have to make sure that they follow not just standards, necessarily like common core standards, but also like the curriculum you want your kids to know. So like people were complaining about how it's kind of hard to adapt the lessons a little bit. Right. Um, so I did a little bit of research on, um, so a lot of the things that we, that we struggle with, with technology are for our SPED students and our ELA students, or English, not ELA, ELL esl yeah english language learners i know there's um, <laughs> too many acronyms I know. Um, so i was looking up to see if they have any options so for sped they have a few um so they're trying to create and generate things that are better for sped students which is nice, um, nice. and for the ell students they have actually a mode for students so then it explains them explains the things in. Oh. The yeah, the, the downside is I think you have to pay for them.
0: Of course. <laughs>
1: but, yeah, it's, a, yeah. It's, a better, it's definitely a good option, though. Right. Which is kind of nice because a lot of technology doesn't actually adapt for those kind of students. So.
0: Yeah, technology is hard for a lot of students, even students that aren't special education. <laughs> technology can be overwhelming. <laughs> I would know. Um, oh, it can be overwhelming if you don't know how to do anything, and it's really complicated. So, ed tech tools are great, but it can be really hard for all students to feel
1: engaged. Mm-hmm. Any Definitely. ed tech tools. Um, yeah, especially younger students. I So, this one actually has lessons for kindergarten, because one of my concerns was that it might be really tough to teach kindergarten how to use Nearpod. Right. Um, But... Nearpod actually has kindergarten lessons they've created that you can walk through and see. Okay, this is kind of how you can use it. So it's got the options to be used yeah. in the younger grades. That's I can see cool. it. I can see it being used, especially for like high ability students. Like I can see them. definitely. Oh,
0: 100 percent.
1: Yeah. Um. Oh, so little fun tidbit. I looked at reviews for Nearpod because I was curious <laughs> and Fine. there is one issue with it that seems not to have been resolved in its privacy um mm-hmm. and it's not that it's a big deal so there's a website called commonsense.org and they they review a whole bunch of different things it's a cool website okay we're not affiliated with Common commonsense at, at all but it's a cool website they do books and videos and apparently programmed <laughs> super cool <laughs> everything um but they said that like so it's not the highest privacy rating like i think the highest privacy rating would be like 100 percent, right right and so it gives it a 79 percent, meaning that like it's private but they're just not sure where exactly the type the the privacy of the students goes right
0: So that's a little well <sighs> <little> let be. <laughs> yeah so I love it. What um, framework did you pair it with?
1: So I essentially did Rat, and so I just said that it transforms the learning. Um, Mm -hmm. It's very interactive, which is a big deal. Um, There's a part of that particular framework that does it, does it create, do the students create their own learning? And I wouldn't say that they do so it's definitely within the interaction and it's trans it interact the students are interacting not just with each other but with the not with the learning and the technology and the teacher um and then it's um definitely transforming education because okay because Nearpod doesn't just do it like um you can do it either individually like independently you can Mm -hmm. have these students go Or you can um, do a, like, a PowerPoint presentation where they follow along on. Right. It's like a
0: live Nearpod streaming thing. So you could have your thing, like, projected on the screen. And then all the students have their screens. Um, It's just that their, like, responses and their open-ended questions and their quizzes would be private. Mm -hmm. So only you would see that. But they would see all the big stuff on the board, and then they would just – they would go to the next slide, open-ended question, they would look down at their stuff, and then they would do it on their own. But exactly. Together. So, I mean, that's pretty cool.
1: It is really cool. The only thing I wonder is that, you know, like, we, we uh, this is kind of like Top Hat. It's like Top Hat and PowerPoint merged together, right? right? So, Top Hat, you can see the poll immediately. And I have not, I do not know, I will admit, I do not know if you can do that with Nearpod or not.
0: I don't think so. Maybe if you do it live with all the students at once, it does generate it.
1: I would think so, because I think you'd be able to end the poll if you're doing it live. Right. Because I've never done, I've honestly never done live lesson with Nearpod. I've only ever done the student. I've created them, and I've, you know, and I've followed along with my own student. Like, I've done one of my own student-driven ones, but I've never done, like, a live lesson. So I wonder if there would be, like, a live poll. Right. I would hope so.
0: Mm-hmm. So on my crazy teacher scale of one, I'm never going to use this in my classroom, or ten, I need to learn everything about it now, where would you put in your pod?
1: Um, I'd probably say like a, a seven or an eight, because you can use it, I feel like it can be used elementary all the way up to high school, so I feel oh, like it's sure. really versatile, and it's got a lot of different cool things. You have to know how to use it. That's the only downside, and that it does take a long time. Are there better things the out stuff there? Stuff. There might be, but I don't know if they're free. Right.
0: No, I definitely would want to use Nearpod in my classroom. Looks like so much fun. <laughs> I love it. Um, I think you covered it. I don't think I have any questions.
1: Okay. Well, if that's the case, we'll end and peace out. Yeah.